Pastor Chris's podcast. And knew that that um, we're having our first official on-site service here in the sanctuary, and 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 um, you know, several months ago when I when we first stopped having on-site services, I, I thought, well, as soon as we come back, people are just going to be they're going to they can't wait, they're going to be rushing through the doors, and we're going to be busting at the seams. And then a little time went on, and I thought, you know, well, people are a little bit nervous about getting out. And thank you, by the way, I can, you know, I'm so proud of, of you that are here today, because I know it took a little bit of step, a little, little bit of faith, a little bit of courage to come, maybe, and to be in, in the sanctuary. I kind of figured we would start slow, and we'd have slow numbers, and that's what we need. But, you know, I think each week, People will be a little bit more comfortable, and, and we'll be also to, able to see what's happening in our community, so we'll know whether it's safe or not, and more and more, we'll start to see more and more people coming. And so I had this image of the train in my mind, you know, as a, your train's not like a dragster, right? It's not like a funny car on the drag strip, and you step on the gas, and it goes from zero to 150 in like two seconds, you know? That's not what a train does. Not that a train is not full of power, right? A train pulls, you know, gosh, tons and tons and tons of cargo, but it pulls, it starts out slow, really slow, but it's so full of power as it begins to move that cargo down the line until it's getting to the place where it's going, you know, what, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour down the track, pulling tons and tons and tons of cargo. So that's kind of the image I thought is, as what we're doing today starts out slow, starts out small, but that doesn't mean that it's not full of power because the Holy Spirit of our God is here and is guiding us to do what we're doing today. You know, life can be hard sometimes. It it seems like all of your problems plus other people's problems are then added to all the problems of the world, and it just gets to be too heavy, and you don't see how anything can move or change. I want you to take a journey with me this morning in your mind. Just imagine for a moment, if you will, all of your problems. Just imagine them being placed in one of those railroad cars and filling up that railroad cars. And then then imagine your whole family's problems. Not just your individual problems, but your whole family's problems are filling up a whole another car that's attached to the behind that one. And then and then imagine your friends problems are filling up another railroad car and you can just keep going on down the line for as many railroad cars as you need. Imagine all the problems of the whole world are linked together car after car after car behind this long, long railroad train. And it stretches as far as you can see, and it includes everything like the COVID-19 pandemic that we've been all been facing and, and the, the racism and injustice that we see in our world fills up another car. And then there's the violence and the corruption that you see in filling up another car. And all of the problems you, you can think about in all the different various parts of life, cars and cars of problems stretch for as far as you can see. And there's no way in the world you think that those that train will be able to move. But now I want you to imagine this powerful 
train engine slowly is backing up on the railroad tracks to the front of that train until it backs up and boom, whatever that mechanism is that hooks it up, links it up, just engages, and that train engine is connected to that train. And then that train engine is the power of God's love. The whistle blows and the steam begins to billow out from the engine and the engine begins to chug and chug and chug and the wheels of the train begin to turn and turn and turn and the massive weight of the whole world's problems which seem immovable but now they begin slowly to move do you hear the train engine rumbling it's almost like you you can even feel it in the earth beneath your feet the power of that engine tremble making the earth tremble beneath you and the engine slowly starts to move the train and it keeps on moving and it keeps on moving and it keeps on moving and picking up speed and picking up speed until it is barreling down the tracks to wherever god wants to take it this is the power of God's love moving and changing our world and nothing can stop him. So today I'm starting a new message series that's based off of the Vacation Bible School curriculum we'll be using in July, July the 12th through the 16th. Um, kids are ready to have something fun to do, something organized. They've been isolating for so long and they're just about to go out of their minds. And of course, you know that means their parents are about to go out of their minds too. And you know, we thought about whether we should do vacation Bible school or not, or whether we should try to do it virtually online. So we thought, you know, if we're going to do it online, you know, kids are not really interested in that. They've been doing that for months now. What they really want, what they really need is something that brings them together for social activity and interaction. And if there's any way in the world we can do that, we want to try to do that. Of course, we, we may need to make changes. We have to be safe about it so that we, we don't do anything that endangers anyone or makes anything any more risky than it needs to be. But we feel like we can do something. And if we can, we should do something. And it will take a lot of faith because... Even if it is safe, a lot of people in our world today are, are concerned. And, you know, for months now, everybody's been telling us and we've been telling ourselves to stay at home and stay behind closed doors where it's safe. And, and if you ever go out, you know, be extra careful because anything you touch could infect you. Anything you breathe could infect you. And, there, and there's some truth to that. You have to be very careful about what you do. I mean, it's why we're here today and we're all spread out. And a lot of people are still at home and that's okay because we need to do that. But as we begin to move outside of our safety zones, it takes a lot of faith because honestly, we're all a little bit scared right now. So I think that this, this Vacation Bible School is really kind of cool because it really goes through all of that. The five-day... Uh, themes for the Vacation Bible School that we'll be looking at one each Sunday. I think it's such a timely message. The theme is 
Jesus' power pulls us through. Say that with me. Jesus' power pulls us through. That's what we'll be learning. Jesus' power pulls us through and helps us do hard things, gives us hope, helps us be bold, lets us live forever, and helps us be good friends. And those are the themes that we'll be looking at. And, um, and as we do that, you know, it's kind of interesting that Vacation Bible School, we always are teaching the kids, you know, to have faith and to trust in Jesus and different things like this. But this year, as we do it, we'll all be practicing that, you know, because it's a little bit frightening to move forward in this. And so we'll have a chance to show our kids, to show our world that faith is more than just words. It's not just something that we say. It's something that we do. And we don't do it because we know everything's going to be all right. We do it because we feel like we're called to do it. And we trust Jesus even when we don't know. That's what real faith is. So we'll be practicing that throughout this series, throughout our Vacation Bible School. And you know, throughout this series, we'll be reading stories from the New Testament church. This was a group of people that lived through a very scary and uncertain time. Um, very few people in the New Testament era were actually Christians. They were just a small, small minority of people. They believed a crazy, crazy thing. That a man died on a cross, was buried in the ground, and he rose from the dead. And understandably, most of the people in the community looked at those Christians and said, they're insane. They are religious nuts. And they persecuted them. And they, being a Christian could get you arrested, could get you tortured, could get you killed. And so those Christians had to exercise a lot of faith. If you think it's scary to leave your home now, to go out into a world that has been um, hijacked by a pandemic, Imagine what it was like for those early Christians who left their home and faced things like crucifixion. So today we're going to learn one of, about one of those early faithful Christians who relied on Jesus' power to help him do hard things. And that's what we're learning today. Jesus' power helps us to do hard things. Say that with me. Jesus' power helps us do hard things. I want to read from Acts chapter 9 and looking at verses 1 through 19. Acts 9, 1 through 19. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation to arrest any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now, 
Get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they had heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days, did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man does to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus has appeared to you on the road. He has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized after he ate some food and regained his strength. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, God asked Ananias to do something really hard because Saul was bent on destroying the church. He was going around arresting Christians all over. And, you know, when God asked Ananias to go do this, to go reach out to this enemy of the church, Ananias understandably was like, are you, are you sure, God, that's what you want? Don't you know that this guy is the one who's the enemy? He's your enemy and he's doing terrible things? And God said, yes, this is the one. Because God had a plan. And even though Ananias didn't understand it, even though Ananias thought it was just something too hard to do, God was asking him to do it. And this brings out a very important truth. Jesus asked his followers to do hard things. Now, what do you think Christianity really is? I mean, do you think that Christianity is all about the easy life? Do you think Christianity is just about having peace and comfort? Maybe a little bit of prosperity? We get lots of rewards and things like that? Always getting what you want? That's not what Christianity is. Jesus asked his followers to do hard things. When we look over the years of Christians, all the way back to the early Christians, they had to do tremendously hard things. They had to get on boats that, you know, traveling by boat across angry, stormy seas was not easy. Just traveling by road was difficult. And yet these Christians were called to go across 
country lines, national lines, across the known world and tell people everywhere about Jesus, knowing that the people that they were going to be telling the gospel to would many times be angry that they said it or would reject them for saying it. And yet Jesus asked them to do it. And Christians throughout the ages have had to deal with this. You think about Christians like Martin Luther, who had to stand up to the Roman Catholic Church in the Middle Ages and say, no, we are going to do what God tells us to do in the Bible, not what a man that they call the Pope tells us to do. People in the civil rights age, uh, ages, in the 60s, in the United States, because they felt Jesus was calling them to stand up for those who were being mistreated simply because of the color of their skin, they had to stand up and do it. This is what Jesus asked his followers to do. Hard things. He asked all of us to do hard things. What is the number one thing that we are asked to do as Christians? Is to be offering forgiveness to one another. Well, we say that, and it's so easy to say, oh, I forgive you, and we forgive people. But is it, that's something that's really hard to do. Little things are easy to forgive. But what if your spouse commits adultery and cheats on you? Are you able to forgive that person? What if a drunk driver kills someone that you love? Jesus says we're supposed to offer forgiveness. But what if it wasn't the first time they did it? What if they had killed somebody before and then they did it again? Well, what was it that Jesus said? How many times are you supposed to forgive someone? Three times? Seven times? No. He said seven times 70. In other words, he was saying, continue to forgive people over and over and over again and never stop. That, my friends, is really, really hard. And when we look around at the world that we live in, it's broken. And we see things that happen where, where sometimes police officers are, are corrupt and they, they mistreat someone and cost them their life, like George Floyd. Jesus says, you need to do something about that. And we have to do that. And it's hard. Or, or we, we see rioters that are understandably angry, but then they go off the wall and they become violent and start tearing up people's property and, and, and going the other direction. And we're called to somehow figure this all out and it's hard and we don't really know what to do. But Jesus says, you are my followers and I call you to do hard things. And we have to figure it out. And doing the right thing sometimes is difficult and sometimes the world around us thinks we're crazy for trying to do it. But that's not an excuse. Because Christians are called to do hard things. And sometimes when we are faced with hard things, we might just want to try to skip it. We might be like Amy. And <laughs> when her kid says, hey, let's do the Disney trail. And we might say, sure, we'll do that tomorrow, Lord. In the meantime, we're looking at all the reasons why we can't do it. But what if Ananias had done that? What if Ananias had decided, I'm not, I'm, that's too hard, God. I'm not going to go help Saul. I'm not going to go help him. You know, Saul, the man in this story, changed his name, became St. Paul. 
And St. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. And St. Paul became the greatest evangelist in the early church. He went from city to city and town to town and he converted people to Jesus Christ over and over again until Christianity grew from a very small group to becoming the largest world religion in our world today. We who are in this worship service together this morning probably would not be here if Ananias had said, that's too hard, I'm not going to do it. Where would we be if those early Christians had skipped the hard things? What if the patriots in the American Revolution had said, you know what, I don't want to sign my name on that Declaration of Independence. I don't want to put my home and my family and my livelihood and my life at risk in order to stand up to the King of England because I believe that God created all men as equal who are imbued, who are imbued with uh, certain inalienable rights. Life, pursuit, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What if they had said, we're going to skip that because it's too hard? What if Jesus decided to skip the crucifixion because it was too hard? We're called to face hard things, and we need to pray for each other as we face those hard things. But I want us to learn a new way of praying that we might not have done before. It might be different from the way we've thought about prayer in the past. Because many times when we pray, we pray for God to make our problems just go away. We pray, you know, we, we're sick or someone we love is sick, and we pray God would just heal them, make that go away. Or we have a hard problem and, and we ask God to solve it for us. But God didn't take away Ananias' hard problem. God gave Ananias the hard problem. God asked Ananias to do something hard, but God also helped Ananias to do it. So instead of us always asking God to give us an easy life, why don't we start asking God to help us do the hard things that are in our lives, because maybe that's what he wants us to do. How about we pray for ourselves and for each other that the Lord would give us boldness and courage and faith to face the things that he set before us or that the world has set before us or to tackle the problems that we have in front of us. This all requires great faith. And we have to trust. We have to trust Jesus will pull us through. Do you believe that Jesus has the power to pull you through this pandemic? Do you believe Jesus has the power to pull you through unemployment? A threatening economy? Do you believe Jesus has the power to pull you through Racism, violent protests, injustice and inequality? Do you believe Jesus has the power to pull you through the anxiety that all these things may bring to your spirit as you face them? 
Do you believe Jesus has the power to pull you back out into a world that is scary and uncertain when you've been hiding and isolating for a great deal of time for the last few months? What hard things are you facing in life right now? Do you believe Jesus has the power to pull you through? I want to invite you all to bow your heads and just to close your eyes. And let's all pray about it together. Let's take a, a few moments to pray for the faith and trust that we need to know that Jesus will pull us through. And I invite you, if you'd like, as you discover this and as you pray about it, um, send me a message. Let me know what it is that you're going through and I'll be praying for you too. But let's just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment of silence as we pray together.